This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, people buying new electric vehicles, uh, we've heard, eligible for a discount of up to $8,625 as part of a government initiative to get more people into cleaner cars. Uh, cars worth up to $80,000 eligible for the discount, meaning at least one model of Tesla is eligible, as well as, of course, the more popular EVs like the Nissan Leaf and so forth. Discounts aren't just for new imported EVs, uh, people purchasing used import EVs, new or used imported plug-in hybrids as well as ordinary internal combustion vehicles that pollute less will also be eligible for discounts depending on their emissions profile. Uh, and the government pays for these discounts by putting a fee on emitting vehicles, meaning the scheme doesn't end up costing the Crown. Interesting stuff, there's been a lot of debate about it. thought it might be timely to catch up with uh, the Dunedin EV Group, uh, and Pam McKinley joins us on the line now. Morena, Pam, good to have you with us. Uh, Morena, Jeff, how, thanks for having me. How was the uh, the news taken among uh, the uh, the people in the group that you're meeting up with, Pam? Um, well... We've been looking at the fee-bait space for a long time, so um, it was it was a, a good announcement. It was a good announcement. Uh, and um, and in that regard, um, obviously the Dunedin EV Users Group is keen to see more people um, on board with the idea and we're on board with driving and owning EVs. Um, perhaps though, you could tell us a little bit more um, before we talk further about this about that you know the purpose of the Dunedin EV Group, why you got together, and what your main aims and activities have been. EV Group um, is mostly um, an online um, forum and community um, for new and prospective EV owners. Um, we do get together on occasion for social um, outings or you know rallies if people want to do that kind of thing but mostly it's um, information sharing um, from the community um, and after this announcement we've actually noticed a huge increase in people applying to the group um, just to join and, and um, just start following the threads um, it's quite often you know we get new people joining all the time so constantly the same questions are being asked over and over again but um, that is actually the point of the group is to always be that point of contact where um, people who have been driving electric vehicles can be a, um, a port of call to answer those questions that every person asks when they're looking at buying an electric vehicle for the first time um, yeah so that that's one of the things we do and then we um, there's also um, Another part of the group, which is the Otago Electric Vehicle Society, and we do more um, kind of, I guess, community outreach and education um, and also advocacy for electric vehicle things at local and national government levels. Well, Pam, you've mentioned that there are some common questions. What are the most common questions that people who are considering uh, bringing an EV into their lives have? Uh, well, the most... Um, common ones well we have actually noticed a, a shift in people's I guess EV literacy if you were like um, people used to always go you know ask the question what is the range of a car and of course the 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 cars have changed greatly in the, in the last six years since I've been involved with the group um, so we now have um, ranging range of uh, second hand usually 24 kilowatt leafs um, that may have lost some of their capacity, performance capacity in the battery. They go from maybe 100 um, kilometres 
range right up to um, the new, um, like the Kia Neros, which are like 475 k's, um, and the um, Hyundai Konas. So, you know, those those are sort of 450k range. Um, and, of course, the Teslas and, you know, some of the newer cars have even bigger ranges than that. People also have questions, I imagine, about the batteries. There's been a lot said about that. And I, I imagine uh, in some instances a bit of misinformation about batteries and battery life and the recyclability. Yes. So, yeah, um, it's great that people are thinking about batteries, um, but it's, it's, you know, um, because it's something people should have been thinking about uh, for a very long time about batteries because batteries aren't new and every time you throw your battery in the rubbish tin you should be thinking about that as well. So I welcome people thinking about batteries um, and not only just for electric car batteries. So the people that have the questions about batteries I want them to keep thinking about every single battery in their life. The batteries they put in their torches, the batteries in their cell phones, the batteries in their laptops, the, everything. But in terms of the EV batteries in particular, there's a lot of work that millions have been spent on actually the end recycling points of these batteries. So that gives me a lot of heart that there is a business model out there that will be taking care of that, including a consortium called BIG in New Zealand, um, which is looking at um, plans for old EV batteries. Once they can't be repaired because sometimes you can repair, take out a unit and repair it um, and, you know, just keep that battery ongoing in, in the um, life cycle of that electric vehicle. Um, after they, if they can't be repaired, they can be upcycled for solar storage um, or for other storage uses. And then eventually there will come a time when the battery, um, well, the battery components can't be uh, reused or upcycled and at that point, they can be recycled. Um, and um, there's um, a lot of work being done on this. Um, um, if, if people are really interested in the batteries, there's a group called the Dusenfeld um, Eco-Balance Group. Um, and that's a group I follow the most closely because they can um, recover 91% of all battery cell materials during their recycling. Um, and they use a kind of a hydro hydrolysis as well as a smelting procedure. The smelting procedures used in some countries only achieve about 32% recovery. Um, but this other method is um, it's really exciting because it's, um, the hydrolysis pulls off all the metals at various stages and it's very um, efficient in terms of um, how much can be recovered from that recycling process. Yeah, so yeah, there's lots happening. I imagine also people will have questions at the moment about the infrastructure in place across Aotearoa, New Zealand, uh, charging stations and so forth. Are we seeing a growing network and uh, are you confident that we're ready to have more EV users on the road? So um, for people um, who are unfamiliar with the EV infrastructure network, I would encourage them to... Um, get onto their computers and go and look at a site called PlugShare. It isn't actually, it's an international um, website um, or you can download it onto your phone as an app um, and then just type in New Zealand and zoom in onto New Zealand. And on that map you will see all of the uh, rapid charges in orange 
um, all of the um, fast chargers in green and all of the kind of more trickle chargers in blue. And there are also some hyperchargers, um, the 300 kilowatt chargers, um, which are starting to appear on that as well. Um, so um, I've just um, we've actually just driven to Wellington and back in the last week with my family for a holiday and um, in a 40 kilowatt leaf and the charging was a piece of cake. It was um, great just to be able to actually drive past charges because there were so many of them. But I think as more electric vehicles come along, um, people will have to get used to using these apps. Um, one of the th- great things about the app is that you can see if someone's charging at a, at a charger that you're thinking of um, charging at. So, you know, I might be in Amberley and want, I'm heading to Rakaia um, and I can see that someone's charging at Rakaia, so I might stop at Rolleston ahead of, you know, getting to Rakaia. So there, there will be some kind of charging etiquette, I think, that needs to be picked up amongst people. Um, so if you um, log into these apps, you can actually... Um, you know, see who's charging, or not see who's charging, see that the, a charger is in, being in use. Um, the app tells you when you have finished charging and need to get back to the charger and move on um, so we don't have people queuing at chargers with people just parking there because these are charging spaces, not car parks. Um, so, yeah, there, there's possibly a little bit of education going to be needed around that in the future, but at the moment, I think... Um, People like ChargeNet and um, other people around are trying to keep ahead of that curveball and trying to get charges into every 50k. And I think at the moment it's every 75k. Um, they're trying to have charges, and now they're trying to fill in the gaps down to every 50 or 60k. So that, that, that uh, ChargeNet's a private company, and they do get um, some help from the low emission vehicle contestable fund um, but it is, a, it is a private company so it's not actually fully government funded. I don't expect you'd have the answer to this question but it poses an interesting one um, you know if we look to a future where the majority of domestic users are in electric vehicles that's going to require very significant investment in infrastructure for charges correct? Yes I don't I personally don't think that um, we're going to flip the fleet like for like um, I think there's going to be huge improvements in public transport. Um, I think there have to be. Um, so I would put my money on um, electric transport. Um, so driving and park, you know, drive, you know, driving to a hub and then, you know, um, and also, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's automatic, you know, the automatic um, driving cars. What do you call those things? Um, I think as soon as people arrive um, and you can just hail a car, you know, from your cell phone and arrives at your door and you take your transport journey in that car and get out and then someone else hails it and moves on, that's going to be a huge shift in the way we view our transport journeys. Um, I'm, I'm, all of these things I'm talking about are for urban transport. Obviously, rural transport is a, is a separate issue. Um, but 82% of the emissions from private vehicles are in urban centres, so I'm um, only specifically talking kind of about the urban centres. Mm. Well, it's uh, an exciting future to imagine, um, but for those right now <laughs> who are, yeah. are considering making uh, making the move, another consideration they will have, of course, is 
is cost. Um, there will be, I imagine, a, a good range of vehicles available. Um, the other thing that people might be considering is, well, look, you know, what is the point of, that I jump on board here? Because the technology is, seems to be changing quite fast. What if I get a cheaper electric vehicle now? Is it going to prove that that um, is relatively redundant compared to the technology that's changing in the newer vehicles? You know, wh- at what point can you can you jump on board and feel confident that that your change to EV is for life? Um, well, I think after a certain point in time, and possibly as early as 2030, um, most of the cars coming into New Zealand are going to be electric. And I guess at that point, if people aren't on board, they will have to um, think about why. New Zealand just isn't a big enough market to demand that car manufacturers keep making petrol cars or diesel cars just for them. We're a very small part of the world market and the rest of the world is going EV so we're going EV whether those people like it or not um, people like that need an EV group are there to answer questions and, and really to answer people's fears and anxieties I mean I've been driving an electric vehicle for six years um, you know, and during that time I've had a, a young and teenage family and you know, we are the proof that that you know, we haven't actually suffered any great hardship from switching to an EV. Um, you know, in terms of driving our families around Dunedin for all the stuff you need to do, to sports, um, going on holiday to Wanaka, or you know, visiting family in Timaru, all that kind of thing we've done um, in a second-hand 24 kilowatt leaf, um, with just you know a little bit of thinking about how you charge when you're going on those longer car journeys. So. I mean, I, I do liken buying um, an EV to any other major purchase, purchase going to make, but maybe that's mostly like, um, you know, like uh, when, you, when you go to buy a laptop, everyone wants to buy the, you know, the best, biggest, fastest laptop with the latest technology, but in the end you buy the laptop that will do the job that you want it to do and the, you will buy the battery performance you can best afford at that time. And... Um, you know, electric vehicles, you know, are at heart. And, and it all, all electronic um, devices that have a battery um, at the heart of it, is, is that's kind of what you're purchasing. You're, ba- you're purchasing the battery, the best battery you can afford. Um, obviously, a, an EV goes faster and further than a laptop, you know, and you can put more kids in it, but um, you're always going to buy the best bit of kit you can at the time. And... Um, I sort of welcome the um, the government trying to make um, you know the, the rebate um, to try and level out some of the playing field to make them a little bit more affordable. Um, there has been a huge upswing in um, EV um, sales inquiries, in particularly for second-hand EVs. Um, I think the, the rebates are going to hit. Um, be very um, effective with new cars in particular and I do see the the second-hand car market probably taking a wee bit of a suck in the meantime because of supply and demand at the moment, particularly because we're um, a right-hand drive um, country. Really interesting to talk with you, Pam. Pam McKinley from the Dunedin EV Group. Uh, Pam, if people want to get in touch with the group, what's the best way? 
Um, well, the best way is actually just on the Facebook group. Um, we're very active on Facebook, so that's Dunedin EV Group. Um, if you jump on there and ask questions, there's um, several administrators that will get back to you. Um, and there's a very active community um, of very helpful people um, who will answer questions. Um, any questions you've got, no questions are too silly. It just, um, we, we just want to help people make that transition. It's a transition everyone's going to have to make at some point. Um, so it's, we're just there to kind of help answer questions. And we're going to be, um, I haven't got a date yet, but we will be having some uh, EV outreach and sort of education things coming up shortly. I've just been talking to the library about that, but we're, we've just got one person missing from that puzzle till we can announce the dates. So look out for those as well. Brilliant. We'll keep you up to date with that here on ORFM as well. Pam McKinley from the Dunedin EV Group. Kia ora, thanks so much for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.